0: Hey, listeners, it's me, Future Thomas. I'm just here with a quick announcement, something that we've been building up for quite a while at ICAST Fireball. Um, But starting in July, that's July 2023, with the drop of our first episode in July on that Wednesday, we are going to be launching our Patreon. Now, this Patreon is something that we've been working with for quite a while. Uh, We're going to have a couple of tiers uh, that you should go check out. We wanted to give you a uh, heads up so that you can be uh, wary of it. The big thing we're going to be dropping is a Discord where you can interact with us directly uh, throughout the day and with other fans, and possibly look for other games as well for other iCast Fireball fans. So just be on the lookout for that. Details will come uh, closer to the date. Anyway, back to this week's episode.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to
0: this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5E D and D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. My name is Thomas, and I'm your DM for this adventure. And around the table, we have
2: Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple.
0: I'm coming in hot because last time on iCast Fireball, we had crazy shenanigans happening. Mal, unconscious, so it resulted in Fleeple and Lance. Using Fleeple's avatar at Bahamut to go inside her soul, to go through all these emotional, mental, psychological barriers till they were encountering Air 2 or the visage of Air 2 himself, and having to break and literally have a tug of war between Mal and Air 2. It was emotional, it was high intense. We had some crazy orcs that we battled, but in the end, Mal herself. Shrugged off Air 2 and with the help of her friends were was able to sever the connection and Air 2's presence was gone. And that's where we join our adventurers on this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. So Jenk Squad. This empty expanse that the three of you find yourselves in had darkness encroaching upon you as Air 2's presence was there. But As I mentioned, with the swirling darkness that coalesced underneath 2 and banished him from your sight, the expanse is now starting to brighten and starting to heal. And although daylight doesn't stream immediately over the horizon, you feel the taint of Two has dissipated from Malamara's soul. You find yourselves with a quick moment before Fleeple and Lance, your bodies start to feel that they are being pulled from Malamar's soul. And you have a moment to just look at each other and reflect on what just happened. All three of us or just me and Fleeple? Malamar is there, Lance and Fleeple. You are all there currently as this is Mal's soul. The two of you are Slowly being pulled, almost as if you're being stretched away from Mal's soul, just slowly. Um, but Mal, you are there just reveling in this peace and this silence. You have a moment to the three of you without the um, yeah. being in the orc encampment, without anybody surrounding you, to where you can converse and you can reflect on what just happened. How are you feeling?
3: Mal is standing there breathing quite heavily after stabbing the visage of Air 2 in the back and his form melting away. And she doesn't know what to say. You just see her processing as she's watching the wisps of
4: Air 2 slowly fade away. Things are going to change, it seems, but I'd imagine for the better, hopefully. At least I'll be here to do as much as I can to make sure it's for the better. I can't make any guarantees for Lance Thalen, but I'll be here at least. (laughs)
2: Lance will just kind of, same thing that Mal was doing, just very much heavy breathing, like, holy crap, we just did that kind of thing, and... As soon as he kind of realizes the change, the, the sun, the clearing of the darkness, and then just seeing kind of Malamara there, Lance will just walk up and very uncharacteristically just give Malamara the biggest hug that possibly no one thought him capable of giving. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Including Malamara, which takes her off guard. And so she's stunned for a second. And then she leans into it and hugs him tightly back.
5: And Fleeple's just flabbergasted because he looks so unclammy right
2: now. Well, we're, we're not in real life. <laughs> it's the psyche. Yeah. <laughs> this
5: is, this <laughs> is Malamar's idealized vision. Yeah, this of is lunch. like, oh, <laughs> like. Lance,
2: Lance has gotten a good skincare routine going. He's doing okay. He's. <laughs> yeah, and Lance Thalen will just be like, kind of like after this embrace for probably like a good 10, 15, 20 seconds. Just kind of like back up, holding her by the shoulders and just being like, okay, are you you good? Are you good? How are are you doing?
3: Mal can't quite meet Lance's eyes. So she's staring down at the ground kind of between her feet and the shine off of Fleeple's Bahamut avatar shining on them. She just quietly says, (sighs) The orcs didn't destroy my village. It was there too. He killed them. He killed them all. And she takes a step back from Lance out of his reach. And as she does so, she draws that sword from under her cloak and stabs it in the ice between her and Lance. She says, he killed them with this sword. And then he gave it to me. There too is a demon of chaos, and she finally meets Lance's eyes, and I think he gave me the sword to spread that chaos. I think he saw himself in me, and then she looks at Fleepel off to the side all these years, I thought the orcs were monsters, but it turns out I was the monster, and she in shame, looks down away from Fleepel and back at the sword.
4: Well, you're in Good company, because I've been a monster for most of my life as well. But then I found Bahamut and my life turned around.
3: As Fleeple says that, she looks up at him and then really actually takes him in. Because up until now, she knew that he was there, but she didn't really look at him. But really focusing in on him and seeing that he's not just like in her mind brighter, is, like, clearly something going on and clearly something magical. And the bright, radiant energy coming off Fleeple washes across Malamara. And it, to her, it feels cleansing.
0: And Mal, as you as you really take in Fleeple, this beacon is probably too mild of a term as Fleeple's brilliance is shining forth. It's white and platinum at the same time, but also... In a way, parts of it is, are indescribable um, as it is just shining forth from Fleeple over you and you feel that warmth and that comfort from you as you look at him and it's peaceful and totally different than what you felt for months and years even. So it's, it's quite a drastic change now that you don't have the emptiness and uh, now that you have the vacancy of air to gone from your soul, and it's just about this time when, Mal, your eyes start to open and you are in Ghoul's room on her bed. As you sit up and look around, you see Ghoul in the corner where she has set up a few totems. And next to the totems, she has some small bowls out look like they've been uh treated wood where she is slowly the smoke is curling from these bowls as there is a strong scent filling the room as she is muttering under her breath and waves her hands over the smoke bringing it towards her and sometimes pushing it to the ceiling as she seems to be communing or speaking to these totems and it's just at that point that fleeple and lance pop right into existence right next to the bed and both of you like kind of f- stumble on your feet as you try to catch each other like oh and uh hold on to each other before you uh, fall face first into the ground
4: oh I feel knackered Are you okay? is he still
0: shining like a diamond no he's not shining actually but speaking of being knackered uh Flipple, because you failed one of those checks a natural consequence and uh, of just tr- holding on and trying to use Bahamut's power to uh, the fullest extent in any given moment, your body was unable to cope with it at times. And so your mortal frame starts to uh, started to splinter and uh, weaken as a result of that. And so mechanically, what I'll say is you'll have, uh, this is by no means really anywhere written, and if it is, fans, please point it out to me. Um, but I will, uh, I'm calling it your. You have the condition of being weakened quote unquote, and how I'm defining that is your strength score is going to be decreased by two. Oh boy.
5: My strength score that I've been using so much.
0: (laughs) So I know it's not, uh, it's, it's not one that you've, uh, been, Focusing on real qu- good uh, F- as pleople, which is a good thing, but um, your body was just so racked with this that it's 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 more than fatigued. It has been permanently changed oh. to a degree, and this is not a permanent thing. Your body can recover from this, but this is a uh, it's going to take a lot longer than just a, a long rest to recover from this weakened state as a result of <laughs> holding. You know the godly power of Bahamut in your uh, tiny cobalt frame.
5: Yeah, it's like when Izuku Midoriya doesn't understand how to use One For All, and he just like breaks all, all of his bones, his bones all at to, once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any of our listeners who get that, we love you because Jacob and Thomas definitely don't. Well, yeah, my strength is currently six. That is a minus oh two. Oh my
0: god! Wow.
5: Oh
3: my gosh! You did break all your bones.
0: This is an interesting situation. Your constitution is 19 yeah. and your
5: strength is 9 oh, or 6. I, I feel like I'm exactly the same age I was when we started this campaign.
0: <laughs> you're like go. you like, I feel pretty good. Like, my stamina is good. But if you try to pick anything up, you're like, oh, wow. Well. Oh, <laughs> gosh.
2: Bahamut give oh, it, then Bahamut take it away. Yes. Oh, boy.
4: But, you know, for what he gave, I think this is a pretty decent (laughs) (laughs) trade-off.
0: You know, being being able to enter your brain's soul and save her from a demonic presence, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's (coughs) Fleeple. So, Ghoul looks over at the three of you
1: and goes, I am relieved to see you return, sister, and... You as well. As she looks to both you, Fleeple, and Lance, <sighs> are all of you well?
4: I've been weller, but on a the weller whole, man. <laughs> yes, I've been a weller man once in my previous life. <laughs> but on the whole, I think we're doing better than we have in a long, long time.
0: She goes over to you, Malamara, and she kneels as you are uh, sort of like propped yourself up on your elbows. And uh, her hand cups your forehead, almost like she's checking your temperature, but also like making sure you're okay. And she goes, You, Malamara, how are you feeling? As she stares deeply into your eyes, piercingly trying to interpret, gauge your reaction, just trying to really see through into you.
3: Malamara's first reaction, her gut instinct is to smack the orc's hand away and as her hand comes up to do that, the feelings and memories and everything that comes flooding back of what she's just learned about 2's betrayal and that the blame that she's had for these orcs was actually fueled by Air Two. She stops her hand, but she does softly grab her wrist and pull it away. I'm fine. Thank you. And she tries to stand up and Um, get away kind of from this prone position.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's half your movement to move from prone to a standing (laughs) position. (laughs) As you go to stand, she's still kneeling and is almost just is almost eye level. And she just kind of looks up at you. And as she sees you standing and sort of like you collecting yourself, she walks over to the corner of the room where your sword has been propped up against the wall and she grabs it and she slowly brings it towards you. I know the pain
1: and the destruction this has wrought, but unless you say so. And she holds it out for you. This, I believe, is yours.
3: Malamar reaches her hand out
0: and grabs the sword. Before you can pull it out of her hands, as you're gripping onto it and you go to pull, she holds onto it, causing you to look her in your eyes and she stares at you. This is yours. And then she lets go and allows
2: you to pull away.
3: As Mal is thinking about the words that she just said, she instinctively pulls the sword out and tries to put it into the scabbard on her back and you actually see her strength almost give out, like the, the weapon is so much heavier than she's used to and it clings into the ground and you see Mal actually struggle a little bit to resheathe it as if some of that uh, strength she has gotten from the past is gone.
0: Mal, as you go to put it and sheath it away, you expect all ties of air too to be cut. And Two gave you this connection to the sword, gave you extra power. But as you sheath it or about to sheath it, you cock your head, you pull the sword out and you look at it and you realize the power is still there. For lack of a better term, the plus three magic status is still there. And you cock your head and you're like, that's that's odd. Didn't 2 give you that power? Wasn't he the one to give you this magic? But then it clicks in your brain that Air 2 didn't give you that power. Air 2 was holding back that power when he first gave you that sword. And that this seems to be the innate abilities of the sword itself. And that uh, is just another gift of Air 2, so to uh, quote unquote, to feel like he was giving you this extra boon to this extra strength when really he was holding it back the whole time. And frustratedly, you put it back and sheathe it behind you
2: in its normal scabbard. I lean over to Fleeple. I go, I mean, she said it was hers, but technically it's uh, like an otherworldly beings that we really got to get we're, back to we're
4: them. We're definitely all. at some point going to have to reach out to, oh, what was his name? It was like, oh, I've got it in my notes somewhere. Give me just a second. <laughs> Flepo pulls out his satchel. <laughs> it's just. <gibberish> library, like the old school li- uh,
0: library index. Yes, uh,
4: Vaidonuk. Yes, we're going to need to reach out to him at some point, except I don't actually. Sh- we, we kind of settled on the fact that we don't really know
2: how to just reach out to him, we- I think. We can't, but. He's, they're going to show up eventually, and we're going to have to yes. convince Manamana that that sword is not hers, even though it, it is hers, even though it was yes, her it we'll hers. Yes, we'll have to be prepared for it.
4: that eventuality. Yes, oh, it's going to be, oh, it's going to stink.
2: I think that's that's a future episode.
0: <laughs> As you're looking into each of your satchels, looking over your notes like a Rolodex, Mal, you look into your satchel and uh, just instinctively to, you know, just check on things, and you realize that there's a hole at the bottom of your satchel in the main pocket area. And most of your belongings are in there, but it seems that although Air 2 is grabbing just in your mind, or rather your soul, the Demonomicon (gasps) is missing from your satchel. No! I wonder where it could be. So, as the three of you take stock where you're at, what's going on around you, you are uh, not in any immediate danger right now still quote-unquote honored guests of this clan however um as you are not able to leave necessarily but ghoul gives each of you some time to think uh to kind of connect with each other to uh just have a hot meal and mal she actually lets you and your party stay in these quarters just freely as you have gone through a ordeal and as as she recognizes you needing to recover not for the night but uh for the evening and she comes in occasionally to grab some pouch she comes in occasionally to grab a staff Um, for the most part she leaves the three of you alone and you're able to all recover from this instance of delving deep into malamar's psyche and your encounter with air two At some point,
5: when Ghoul is passing through, would it be possible for me to kind of flag her down
0: and have a little chat? Hey, druid friend, how's it going? She opens her mouth like she's going to, uh, like she's going to, uh, sort of like have this like long introduction, but she just goes,
1: It goes all right.
4: Ah, yes. How. What's it like being uh, unwillingly subjugated by a terrible dragon? As you
0: say that, her hand, which is reaching towards a pouch, just stops midair. And her head slowly turns to you, Fleeful. (laughs) As you just brazenly point out their situation. (laughs) And she
4: goes,
1: There's not much that sneaks by you, my brother.
4: Yes, my strength is terrible, but my wisdom is pretty darn good. Now, if you, you know, just maybe, theoretically, if you know anything about this dragon, maybe any weak points in its defenses, maybe any areas that it's not, you know, particularly expecting for a scrappy group of folks to come up and, you know, maybe free your people from underneath its terrible claw. If if anything like that exists, you know, you just, you know...
0: She stares at you for a good fifteen seconds silently as you're like, you know, just hangs in the air. And Mal, your spoon is like halfway to your mouth, and Lance, you uh, you're just staring as you were like rubbing your hands together. Just there's no movement in this room except for Fleeple rocking back and forth on his heels. And after the silent fifteen seconds, ghoul, slowly puts down any, like, the bag that she was picking up, puts down her staff, and she sits on the ground. And previously I mentioned that she moves very deliberately, and everything she does is deliberate. And she stares at you, Fleet And as she's sitting cross-legged, she raises both of her hands towards you with her palms up, sort of like gesturing to you to come close.
5: And I lean in hoping that I haven't misread the situation terribly.
0: Do you offer your hands to her? Yes. As you offer your hands, she gently pulls your claws towards her for inspection, and she looks them over, and she's studying them. At the times she's feeling your uh, claws, and she's sort of like tracing some of the scales, some of them that have been chipped off and broken off due to just years and years of exploration of one of your claws being chipped due to um, an unfortunate accident from your youth and uh, as she is sort of reading your history in your palms, your claws and palms she still looking at your your hands
1: you say you wish to free my tribe from the oppressive dragon that resides here She's, she looks up at you and who's to say That we are oppressed. Well, I mean, I just kind of floated it
4: out there and you said that not much gets by me, so I mean, I'm not the one who said it.
1: I should have expected a brother who follows the path to be just as astute as myself. And she sort of chuckles to herself. I appreciate your candor, And I believe
2: we can talk and discuss this. Like right now? Or like later? After dinner?
4: (laughs) I've got all the time in the world. I mean, I'm a prisoner on an iceberg at the moment. That
2: sounds like a metaphor.
1: (laughs) Your friend speaks truth. As she
2: raises her voice to all three of you. We are captive.
1: We have some freedom to explore, to move, and to prosper in the sea of moving ice. But as I shared with Malamara, as she nods towards you, we fled our true homeland as a monster ravaged the lands and destroyed the Kievki tribe. As we fled one monster, we were encountered with another as the dragon, Orethator, discovered us amongst the moving ice. And as we battled for survival, He offered us a choice. A choice to live and survive. If we would come and act as sentries to his lair. Now, Arathador has many lairs. And this one, or Yavagaton, is just but one of his many. So, after what you could call a negotiation, Discovering that he was only here for a time of the seasons, I found it better for us to survive, having just escaped a monster that would have meant sure death, to be imprisoned briefly, or imprisoned for part of the years, by one who's granting us safety. I realize now that I made a mistake for... We, as she looks at you, Malamara, are not meant to be in captivity, no matter how loose the chains may be. Those chains will grow and grow over the days. Yes, we wish to be free of this captivity. I could not release you to your ship, the Frostskimmer, for Arathador had seen your ship from afar off and ordered us to capture you and bring you here as offerings to him. If we did not obey, he would have taken half of my tribe. And as you could have, as you saw, we are not numerous enough to afford that. So you are to be offered, or rather part of the crew is to be offered as tribute.
4: Well, if you ask me, I think this sounds like the beginning of a beautiful scheme. You see, we are no strangers to straight-up murdering dragons. So, if we are to be offered up as tributes to this dragon, perhaps all that need happen would be Oh, oh dear, my claws were not actually tied together with a real knot, but with a fake knot. Oh, what's that? I can break out of my bonds and cast a mighty moonbeam upon this beast? Oh dear, how did that happen?
1: She shakes her head slowly as she closes her eyes. My tribe is not permitted to enter Arathotor's lair. Any tribute we offer, we are to present them at the beginning of the lair. And if they survive the dangers leading to the dragon or try to escape, he is to
4: hunt them. Oh, so we're like not even going to be tied up or anything. We just get to go in there and have a bar with it. That is correct.
1: I cannot take you to him directly as me or any of my tribe would be destroyed upon sight.
4: That's bad, we don't want that.
1: I I agree, I'm afraid I could only forewarn you for the dangers that I know of, which regrettably I do not know of all the dangers or even many of them that are fraught in his domain. I, and she says this as she stares down, have sent scouts in the past so that we could present ourselves as the full strength of our clan to defeat or drive out Arathador. but none of them have returned. I regret that I cannot be of more help than the limited knowledge that I have, but if you are already set forth on this path, perhaps we can aid you in some small way. Which could be the least that we could do.
4: Well, if you have something that you can offer, then I'd be happy to hear what it is, but I don't want to make you do anything that is going to put your people in any more danger than you've already been in.
2: Kind of going along with what Fleepo said, Lance Thaylon will, will add to the conversation. I mean, information would be very helpful. We understand you not wanting to sacrifice any more of your clan in this endeavor, but... To be fair, we're gonna give this beast all that we can, and in the event that we might lose, I think it would be pretty obvious for the beast that we were sent, not just as a meal or tribute, but as something to defeat you. With that in mind, I think it would be best that not just information that can be given, we will accept, but also anything to aid us in this journey. Items, I mean, just to be blunt, we're your best shot here. And if we fail, it's going to be coming for you. She slowly nods her head. And go ahead and roll a persuasion check. She's already going to
0: aid you. Son of a- She's okay. already going to be <laughs> assisting you. <laughs> but right. perhaps this, this argument could... She may be willing to give you more than what she thought was possible or yep. that she was initially going to be granting you. Do I have this sport?
5: If I have time to give him this sport, can I have the sport, Thomas?
0: (laughs) Yes, we can say that you have the sports. Yay! Because I'm a cool DM. You are (laughs) so cool. (laughs) (laughs) The pressure's on, listeners. Got to be a cool DM. Okay, 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 okay,
2: okay. Plus a D4. No, that's a one added, but nothing better than nothing. That's going to be seventeen. Seventeen. She slowly nods her head. I, uh, I will
1: see what else I can bring to you. Your argument does not fall on deaf ears. I will bring what I can and ask some of the village if they uh, can sacrifice anything that they might have. Thank you. With that, she uh, goes and says, uh, "When would you? Uh, when would you like to?" Leave.
2: Um, I can, I can show you the entrance.
3: After a long rest.
2: I think, I think rest would we need at be least great. Eight hours, and we need at least eight hours. That's our typical, let's prepare time. <laughs> I see. Of course, I can. I believe
1: we have just enough time for that. Any longer, and I fear we would have been required to give a tribute or offering. So, um, yes, I believe we can give that at the very least. All right.
0: And uh, with that, you can, uh, we can wrap up the evening as she gathers her, it's the items from, the, she's going to go talk to the Tribe, she's gonna go uh, figure out what she can get for you, but you all can get a long rest. Woo! Hey, get my luck points back. Let's oh
2: boy. do it. Yeah.
3: My HP back.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I actually took zero damage during that entire situation.
3: I
2: I didn't take any
5: either. <laughs> That's right, I didn't either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but,
2: no, but we I did, like, special abilities so I can get those back. So it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm out yeah, of... Yeah,
5: get my mistletoe back, get my fifth level spell slot back.
2: It is helpful. At some point in this rest or at some point, Lance would like to try and talk to Malamara uh, at some point. Probably, like, yeah, Fleeple's still asleep. Yeah, or Fleeple's kind of off doing his own thing. I don't know. Or Fleeple could be there. I don't really care.
5: Now, Fleeple's off in the corner. He's just, like, really, really taken aback because that's, like, the first time anybody's ever held his hand.
2: Aww. Is there a future? No. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Druids
2: of a feather?
4: Fleeple's just kind of like, is is that how... Is, do, do, does it normally work that they just, like, stare at all of the imperfections of your hands? Like, is that how this works? <laughs> For, like, oh minutes on end. I've never felt so self-conscious about my low strength score in my life. <laughs> I want to know what love is. <laughs> I have something to fight for now, besides Bahamut. It's, it's probably just the heat of the moment. I mean, we're about to die at the hands of a terrible dragon.
2: Lancel just kind of check. He's checking in with Malamaro after we've kind of gone through some time, just sitting next to her and being like, so that was, that was, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> what we just went through. What you just went through.
3: Yeah, seeing, uh, seeing you and Fleetball show up in my subconscious, I would, um, definitely say it's crazy as she's laying out her bedroll.
2: Sorry, we would have asked, but, um, you are not available. How are, how are you, this is weird, this is awkward, how are you doing?
3: Malamara is kneeling as she's rolling out her bedroll so she looks up at him I've had better days
2: I mean I would I would consider this a pretty good day
3: <laughs> You and I have very different definitions of that she goes back to getting her stuff ready
2: I just I wanted to I just didn't want to leave it alone with what you said in your mind that sounds weird what you said to us in your subconscious your you're not, you're not a monster. Fleeple had some very stirring words from a person who considered himself a monster and has turned it around to be the one who fights them. I just want you to know that you you're, monsters like to hurt, monsters like to deceive, monsters like to, they like the base of depravity. I've never seen you like that. In fact, you you fought that off. I mean, that's why I consider today a good day. You rejected your monster. And speaking as someone who is not like Fleepo, who does find enjoyment sometimes in the bad, as evidenced by what I did prior to we left with Balam. You're you're nothing close to that.
3: Mal pauses what she's doing and looks back up at him. A demon of chaos chose me to carry a blade that he killed my grandfather with. And even with that knowledge, I still have the blade. Being chosen by a demon of chaos because I remind him of himself and he sees the potential of the chaos I can ensue seems pretty monstrous to me.
2: You were used. That's what demons do. They use people. To me, again, just in my perspective, but I think the greatest joy a demon could ever find is trying to take the thing that is opposite of themselves and make it. Like themselves. And yeah, no lying, Malamore. You, you, you're you, treading a line. For sure. But you... chose not to be used in the end. Otherwise, Philippe and I would be running around that little weird head of yours. Or dead. Most likely dead. I know you're going through a lot. I'm not trying... I'm sorry if what I'm saying makes it... Like, I'm denying what you're feeling. I don't want to do that. There's a lot you're feeling, and I, and you need to feel all of it. I just want you to know there's something beyond what you're feeling, too.
3: Mal locks eyes with him, and she can read the sincerity of what Lance is saying. And she takes a deep breath in, and then just sighs. She'll take out her sword and put it in the ice next to her bedroll blade side sticking into the ice, and turns her back on Lance, kind of signaling the end of the conversation. But as she kind of gets into her bedroll and starts to get comfortable, quietly Lance hears her say, thank you for saving me today.
2: Thank you for your... He's getting to the point where he's like, I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, uh, so much emotion's happening right now. You Thank you. You're welcome. And, yeah. He'll just, he'll recognize an, her signal and just then gonna start laying out his own bedroll.
0: So, as all three of you go to sleep, drift off to sleep, meditation for Lance here, with all these thoughts running through your minds, each of you with your own thoughts running through your mind, Fleeple and the hands and... And uh, the conversation uh, fresh on Malamara and Lance's uh, brain, you all get a full night's rest. So again, everything's good there. Nothing to disrupt. But in the morning, Ghoul comes to you after you get your morning meal. Which, by the way, you slept in the main hall. You didn't sleep in her room. So there were orcs that are walking around uh getting getting the day ready uh, throughout the night uh, sometimes you were you're woken up by an orc grunting uh, or like just cleaning something in the main hall and uh the doors opening but uh this is definitely um, not uncommon for orcs to be about so now it still takes some getting used to it takes getting used to all three of you for all three of you but lance you only needing four hours it's less disruptive for you and in the morning you go speak to uh the frost skimmer or rather do you speak to the frost skimmer and clue in the crew what's going on here yeah
4: i think i would probably approach larushta and be like okay so we are going to go and kill the dragon and that's going to solve all of our big problems here in the north hopefully
0: is half eaten face from frostbite
4: just stares back at you
0: like that full 15 seconds yet again <laughs> of mm-hmm. just silence just slow nods of the head right right yeah um kill a dragon
4: okay i mean have done it before don't look so
0: surprised you've done it before as he ra- as he raises his eyes brows. you've
4: done it before Yes, but on well, officially on the record, no, we did not kill a dragon. <laughs> <laughs>
5: ah, so some black ops type stuff. Uh, <laughs> Give him a very slow <laughs> wink.
0: Gotcha. He goes, "All right, well, I, I guess we'll just be at the mercy here, honored guests, so to speak, of the tribe here, while my ship is is at the top of this iceberg and." I, it's. Um, it just starts grumbling
4: well I mean Ghoul and her friends their hearts are in the right place but you know sometimes when you're subjugated by a terrible master who makes you do terrible things then you know, you know it's just a bad time I think if, if you took the time to just kind of chat with Ghoul and her people you'd probably find you have more similarities than you realized
1: mm. uh. I'm telling you
4: to make some friends LaRouche to goodness <laughs>
2: Well,
1: you just go kill that dragon, all right? And uh, we can get
4: out of here as quick as we can. Hey, we've got the easy job. You're trying to make friends as an adult, so have fun with Ah! that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kill a dragon. (laughs) Make friends
0: (laughs) as an adult. (laughs) Uh. Definitely making friends as an adult is much harder than (laughs) (laughs) killing a
1: dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: Oh, so good. Well, as um, you start to, <laughs> after <laughs> you talk, I just imagine being like, goodness <laughs> gracious, I'm fine. And walking away. <laughs> as um, Ghoul comes to each of you uh, with a, a pack, and she comes to each of you and she goes,
1: what I was able to. And offer from the tribe, and there are each of these. There are three jars
0: that um, have like this, uh, this um, like tanned leather on top, and there's sort of like this rubber band holding the tanned leather on top of the jar. And you peel it back, and you smell, and it's it's something awful that's wafting off of it—the smell from the jar. But it seems to be this cream that uh, it's got a, like a cream-like consistency, and Fleeple, you just push your, like p- put your finger in there and sort of like rub it between your fingers, and um, there's like a cut on your finger, and it starts to heal as it like comes across the cut. And uh, this I'm I'm borrowing. Oh, it's from a Dungeon Master's Guild. Sorry, that's what I should say. The Dungeon Master's Guild. Uh, Keo. It's called Kyogtum's ointment, but Keogtum's I'm just gonna ointment. call it Kyogum. There you go. Uh, I'm gonna call it orc ointment. <laughs> oh nice. So, for our purposes here. But it basically has four doses in it, and you can rub it on your body. You can ingest this cream, and it will heal you 2d8 plus 2 hit points.
1: Wow.
0: It can also instead be used to uh, heal poison or a disease. So you can use an action to uh, do that and uh, help regain some hit points there.
2: So we each get one. because Yes,
0: you of them, so. each get one and each of them have four doses in it. Gotcha.
5: <sighs> I was really hoping it would be potions of cold resistance, but you know, you take yeah. what you can get.
2: <laughs> I, <think> <laughs> I think it's hilarious that it's like, you know, like, give us anything you can. They're like, Come on, give me your cream, guys. Okay, here's my cream. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, this uh, orc tribe are fresh out of uh, potions, unfortunately. Yeah, um, but Ghoul does go to you, Malamara, and in the satchel there's also um, this ball that's wrapped up, and she gives it to you as she unwraps it, and it's not large, and it's not
1: big, but she goes... If you find you need some extra help, or if you feel this would help you. She unveils this purple orb. We were able to hold onto this and not give it in tribute. And for
0: just for your sake, this seems to be, this is a pearl of power. Hmm. (laughs)
2: Pearl of Power. Which
0: a Pearl of Power does require attunement, but you could regain one expended spell slot um, as you use it from an action once per day from this Pearl of Power. So if the expended spell slot is fourth level or higher, the new slot is automatically a third level. But yes, it could give you back one spell slot. It has to be attuned by a spellcaster.
3: Fabulous. Um, Mal currently has an Ioun Stone and the Rod of the Pact Keeper. We get <gasps> three, right?
0: You get three attunements, so this so could be your third.
3: She will put that into her bag. And since her bag is attached to me, I'm going to call that attuning to the Pearl of Power.
0: Attuned <laughs> to the Pearl of Power. Lastly, she turns to you, Lance, and goes...
1: I don't have much I can share with you, unfortunately, for I do not feel that you are a wielder of magic or a spellcaster by nature. Are there any weapons we can impart to you that, although they may be mundane, something you wish that could aid you?
0: So is there any, like, mundane weapons that this tribe might have that you feel, Jacob, that Lance could benefit from? Fortunately, they're not the roguey people, um, so they don't have a ton in that department. But
2: The only thing I could think that could be helpful is, I mean, this is just out of left field here, uh, nets, large, as large as you can, nets, possibly to infringe on if we can place them right on this dragon's ability to use its wings. We can offer you nets. I don't think you can take
1: dozens, for I fear that would encumber you.
2: Just, Just enough to inhibit the movement, I guess. We can each give you...
1: And she produces
0: two finely wrapped nets for each of you, if you wish. I mean, they would be all, most of their nets, and they'd be in bundles, but uh, if you are looking for a lot of them, that, that is something she could
1: offer me and goes, uh, they, this is probably as much as you can carry and as much as we could spare for we still need them, uh, the ones that we need for our fishing.
2: Thank you.
5: Well, we can always give it a try.
1: And with
0: that, she turns to Fleeple and she says, lastly, and
1: thanks to your friend
0: and everything that... And she doesn't finish her sentence. She just sort of like stares at you and just nods her head and she reaches behind her back and she grabs her staff. And as she grabs her staff, she offers it to you, Fleeple.
1: Hmm. If you can find use of this, have your friend to thank, as I realize we are going all in
0: on you three. And she offers you a staff of the
2: woodlands, Fleeble. a pearl of power, staff of the woodlands, and fishing nets.
3: <laughs> Seriously.
2: <laughs> so, staff of the
0: woodland does require attunement, and but it can only be attuned by a druid.
5: Yeah. Okay, so looking at this, ooh, I am going to unattune my Moonsickle and attune to this staff because it gives me a plus two to my spell attack
0: rolls. Yes, it does. Instead of
5: just a plus one. Mm -hmm.
0: And you can use it as a quarter staff and do a plus two to your attack and damage rolls if you uh, attack with it. (laughs) And I
5: can cast a whole bunch of spells with it. Look at that.
0: There are a lot of spells. This is a staff that has many charges to it. Um, So you can cast... A lot of spells with these charges, depending on what you would like, and not really relevant here. But you can um, you can have it grow to become a tree. So there you go. Just some fun little stuff there. She goes. Um,
1: thank you to your friend. As she looks to Lance, I fear this would be better spent with you. Well, don't you worry.
4: I'll make sure you get it back in one piece.
0: And with that, the three of you. Looking towards not only Ghoul, but at this point there have been there is a crowd of orcs in the main room, as they all look to you, as word has spread that the three of you are taking on Arethator,
1: who they are imprisoned to.
0: And almost in unison each of the orcs raise their fists across their chest and solemnly look to the three of you. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. That's a big one. That was a big one. As always, Ned, Jacob, Mickey, thank you for jumping on as we're going to jump into this dungeon delve here Ooh. moving forward. Ooh. I love a good Dungeon Delve. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, listeners, especially thanks to you for joining us on this, uh, again, RP Heavy slash kind of shopping, but no shopping episode with no shops. Uh, getting ready for this Dungeon Delve into the iceberg. If you like what you're hearing, uh, if you just want to shout us out, feel free to leave us a five-star review on the podcast of your choice where we will shout you out. Um, like this review we got, Nathan for Fleeple. They say, uh, amazing story, combat. Uh, this is an amazing podcast where every episode I'm at the edge of whatever seat I'm sitting in. The characters' inaction, inactions are my favorite, and I love the differences. The DM's way the stories can fade always has me intently listening. It's hard to find great podcasts like this. Overall, would definitely recommend this, whether you're an expert in D&D or you don't even understand the rules. Nathan for Fleeple, thank you, and Fleeple, appreciates you uh and if you want to send something a little bit longer shoot us an email at icastfireball2020 like super normal acc did they shot us a really long email loved reading their email about uh, how they just barely started listening to ICAST Fireball. so if you just started listening this is going to be a while before you get to this shout out but hey <laughs> uh we appreciate you reaching out um and uh they say before i began listening tyranny of dragons was an adventure almost in the very back of my mind but the way you're running it is so fun and interesting that I'm tempted to buy the book for myself. I would highly recommend it. It's Dungeons and Dragons. There's a lot of dragons in this book. I'm all fan for dragons, and I like introducing this adventure to people because it is one that people tend to skim over because you have more uh, flashier adventures like Tomb of Annihilation or Dungeon of the Mad Mage or things like that. So... I'm really glad that you're digging that. Um, The only other thing I wanted to shout out from this uh, was I'm a total fan. Lance is even my favorite member, even going so far as to inspire me to get off my prejudices and play a rogue already. Go do those roguey things and don't forget your roguey dice when you do so. But thanks for the shout out. Thanks for, or thanks for reaching out to us. And here's your shout out. If you want to shout us out in a different way, we have our social medias. We've got our Twitter, Facebook, our YouTube. We have our Instagram as well. At at iCast, Fireball twenty two uh, zero. Also want to shout out our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where Ned here. Uh, Ned, wave to the people. Uh, he jumps in as the GM, the keeper, where uh, he goes through some fantastic campaigns. They've got Fate Accelerated, a fantastic improv-based uh, tabletop system. They've got 10,000 Things, their Avatar Legends uh, tabletop, and they've got Blades in the Daufei, their Blades in the Dark Um, actual play podcast. It's a ton of fun. Don't forget to leave them a five-star review on the way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have Malamara,
2: Lance Thalen,
0: and Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.